I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I wish I found some better sounds no one's ever heard. I wish I had a better voice to sing some better words. I wish I found some chords in an order that is new. I wish I didn't have to rhyme every time. And I welcome to the Billboard Chartbeat Podcast. Gary Trust here in our New York City offices here at Billboard. Excited to have uh, two executives, the people behind Roadrunner, Mike Easterland, president of Roadrunner Records and Fueled by Ramen. Welcome, Mike. Thank you. And Mitch Mills, VP Adult Promotion for Roadrunner Promotions. Thank you, Gary. So you guys work together at Roadrunner. You have different, you have different, different titles. So one's Roadrunner Records, one's Roadrunner Promotions. Yeah, you want me to tackle that? You can take that one on, Mike. Um, Atlantic Records is very unique in the fact that we um, are the only major label um, in the business that actually supports two fully functioning radio promotion staffs. We have two. We have one called Atlantic. We have another one called Roadrunner, Roadrunner Promotion. Um, the way it came to be Roadrunner Promotion was the old owner of Roadrunner. Um, loved the idea of, of kind of merging two different staffs into one one bigger one. When This was, I don't know, seven or eight years ago. And when we did that, his only his only big thing was, I want it to be called Roadrunner Promotion. And I was like, well, if that's the last thing hanging us up from doing all of this, I'm sure we can live with Roadrunner Promotion. Right. But really, you know, Roadrunner is is a label and brand that, that supports mostly, you know, metal and active rock. Um, and then Fuel by Ramen is is more of a modern pop label. Um, we can get into this specific artist in a minute, but Roadrunner Promotion as a whole is really, in, in, for all intents and purposes, is really Atlantic Promotion Two or Atlantic Two. Um, we've just never changed the name back to like something like that. We've never come up with a good, really another good name. Um, but the Roadrunner Promotion staff encompasses um, working all of the Fuel by Ramen stuff. All, obviously, all of the Roadrunner record stuff, but then a lot of Atlantic artists like Christina Perry, Jason Mraz, um, Kiara, which we're working now. Um, so Roadrunner Promotion is really just a name. Uh, it's really Atlantic Promotion or Atlantic Two Promotion. I think also uh, when it when it began, there were big road, like Nickelback was hitting really big, and right. they were involved with that. And Theory of a Dead Man, they were on Roadrunner. So the branding was really about those huge artists, and then. As it evolves, and we started to work, like like Mike said, Christina Perry and other Atlantic records that um, I think it worked maybe even Buck Cherry back then. Yeah, I think we it, did, which it, was on Atlantic. It, which, so, but now we're getting more and more and more, and since those artists are, kind of have seen their days, of, at least in the mainstream world, 
uh, we've stayed the name or we kept the name because of the brand more than anything. Yeah, it goes but. back more than 30 something years, right? Roadrunner goes back to like the early 80s, I think. Yeah, it was it was started um, actually in, in Holland uh, about 30 years ago uh, by a guy named K- Case Wessels. Um, and then, I don't know, 10 years ago, he sold a good portion of it to Warner Music Group, who owns Atlantic Records, and then over the course of time, uh, sold off the rest of it. And he's into, the last I heard, he's into book publishing now, and he's got a pretty amazing art collection, and he's uh, he lives somewhere between uh, Holland and New York, depending on the, the moment. But it's otherworldly. He, he is. He's an amazing man, and um, and he really built an amazing brand. Um, and we're just trying, you know, uh, trying to keep it moving forward. And it, it's evolved and changed a lot. Um, but the, the heart of it has basically always been, you know, heavier rock uh, to metal music. So it, it's, um, yeah, it's a great brand. And, and I, I think everybody's kind of used to it. It's funny, even now, there are still people a little confused by the fact that it's called Roadrunner Promotion. But it, it right. It becomes a, a joke with radio, RRP, yeah. you know, the kind of the initials of it. Like, what exactly is that? But it's kind of hard to change, I think, the branding seven years into it. Even people are still you know, want to yeah. make fun of it. It's right. kind of good to keep, you know, people are it's synonymous with the staff and, and what we do. They just get now that we work other, you know, other labels. And among consumers, music fans, they hear Roadrunner. You're saying that brand has been built up. It actually does mm-hmm. kind of mean something. People hear it, they might think that's the label that's given us uh, so many great rock acts over the years. So that's what you're talking about with the, the value of that brand. Yeah, I think it gets more confusing to, to actually, believe it or not, some of the radio people sometimes that, wait a minute, don't you work all radio, you know, Roadrunner Records? And, and really, it's just a, a name uh, for the most part. It's, it's, you know, the second promotion team in Atlantic. Yeah, I think it's a way to identify. There's two promotions team, teams in Atlantic, like Mike said. I think it's just a way to identify which team is working which record at this point. All right, one of the biggest stories we really should start with for the last year or so you guys have been working is 21 Pilots. Mm-hmm. So Blurry Face came out a year ago. Do you have any idea of the success we'd be talking about a year later? It was pretty much a year ago now. The album debuted at number one on the mm-hmm. Billboard 200. Take us back to, to even uh, the setup to the album and, and to where we are now. Two huge hits, one of the biggest hits of the year in Stressed Out. When the project began, what was what was the mindset when it started? I guess I have to take this one. Mike, um, take that. We'll get you. We'll get <laughs> you, Mitch. I'll I just sit in the corner. No, but it's, it's interesting like, because it'll actually perfectly kind of blend right into yeah, Mitch getting involved because it, it really has been a a concentrated effort over the course of four and a half years um, since we signed the band, leading back to the first record, Vessel, um, and really uh, letting the touring and the, and the and the merch and everything else that was happening underneath really drive 21 pilots. You know, they came out of Columbus, Ohio. They could do a few ta- a few thousand tickets there, maybe a few hundred tickets in Cincinnati, Cleveland, Pittsburgh. But we, we knew if people saw them live, that would be the game changer. And so, you know, radio was part of the plan on the first album, but it wasn't the main driver. Um, and and I, in a lot of ways, I think it's kind of starting to establish kind of how you you do artist development in in 2016 and, and dating back four years even to kind of making sure that everything else is underneath so that it's not fully dependent on radio um, but but we knew once we got to radio it would be the game changer that would take it to the next level um, and there's scary things that come with that as well but um, you know as as I was hearing I was getting 
Tyler was writing the record. Tyler Joseph, the lead singer, was writing the record during the Vessel tour. So when I was getting, uh, when I was hearing songs with no vocals or anything, and he was playing them in the back of the bus during tour dates and stuff, he had a studio in the back. You could tell there was something very special that he was doing with it, but there was no way to kind of put it in any kind of a context until he started to write the lyrics. I think the first time I heard the first single, Tear in My Heart, was I went into the studio in L.A., and he played me five songs. Stressed Out was one of them. Um, but he played me five, and Stressed Out wasn't as obvious, although it was very special, and everything he played was very special. But then he said, um, I'm going to quote exactly what he said. Um, he said, he played me Tear in My Heart, and he said, um, is that that shitty radio song you want now? And I said, that will do just fine. <laughs> keep, making, keep making shitty thing. songs like that. Because, you know, his whole thing, he didn't want to write so- a song just for, you know, he didn't want it to be just for radio. But right. at the same time, he was making, he was willing to conform a little bit to the idea of, of chorus, uh, you know, verse chorus and all of that to get it structured in a way that it worked for radio. And and I don't think he changed what his belief was about making music by doing that. I just think he kind of bent a little bit our way. And so, yeah, as I was... Then I started getting four songs at a time into my computer and started being able to listen. I could hear that it was going to be pretty magical. Considering how big Stressed Out has become, mm-hmm. the absolute huge hit so far from the album now, Ride, has become really big as well. But Tear in My Heart... It was a big alternative hit. Um, spent, a, I think, eight weeks picking at number two at alternative. But why was that the first single? When, Considering how big Stressed Out has become, what was the thinking? Terror My Heart was just the most obvious. Um, I think we knew from the very beginning Stressed Out was the biggest um, because you could see it on streaming. Um, and then following a close second or third was Ride. So the three songs were actually speaking. Um, which is a which is a really unique situation where you get to be that lucky to have a song, songs just speaking to you, um, and it was the fan base really that was that was saying it. So there was no genius effort, you know, uh, that went into it. Just tearing my heart kind of fit exactly what we thought they needed for modern rock. A more normal, yeah. It was structured like a radio type song, radio, you song, know, yeah. and 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 um, and like you know. Like Tyler put it, that was that shitty radio song I needed. Um, and so uh, for us, Tear in My Heart was always kind of... Actually, the first song we ever heard was Ride. And we were like, God, if he makes a few more of those, we're going we're gonna to be in great shape. Yeah. Um, and then Tear in My Heart came to be, and that was obvious. But we knew from the very beginning Stressed Out was a big record because it was just streaming like crazy. We made an amazing video for it. The band did. I don't know why I'm saying we... Uh, the band has an amazing video guy that they work with, um, and they came up with the idea of the big wheels and everything, and and it just made for an amazing video that then led into a, a great song. Um, but yeah, we always knew Stressed Out, so we always knew um, that was going to be the big one. Uh, Even the, though it's weirder, you thought that that would have more crossover potential? Oh, I was definitely scared of it. Yeah. I mean, I was definitely scared of the fact that, that it wasn't so obvious, and I think for Mitch, who works... You know the adult formats. It was definitely a lot scarier because he he raps in it, even though it's not your standard or normal kind of what you would consider urban or hip hop rap. It's right. still rap. Um, well, let's the, talk about that crossover. So, so they have another big hit with "Tearing My Heart" and then "Stressed Out." Not a surprise it did well at alternative radio. That's their base. 
And then, Mitch, this is where, where you come in. Well, I think you turn that, into a pop hit. Yeah, I mean, you know, from an observer in Hottie C, I, you know, I obviously enjoy the record, but you don't really think about working a record unless you're given it or there's a plan to necessarily go, especially for adult top 40. But honestly, the way the plan was laid out, it was ready to go. I mean, it was one of those plans that was so perfectly laid out uh, by Mike and uh, and John Bulos, who's the head of our department, and uh, other people, obviously, a few by Ramen, that by the time we went, it stress that didn't feel as scary. And in the beginning, I was like, all right, we're going to have some trouble here, you know, that you do with records. But it was the most natural, amazing progression that you want for a record. And then I would say about a month and a half into it, you start to get, not even a month into it, you start to get program directors and people that are saying, this is going to be giant. And then you sit back for a second, even even though you may think the song is a little odd for the format or difficult, this record's going to be enormous. And and then you just kind of sit back and you get you get what you don't get very often, at least myself in a career, and watch a record just go. Right. Magically, just fucking, uh, magically. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Just go. So I knew I, Gary, I'm sorry. I knew it was going to happen. You get one F, I said shit. It's right. So so that, that was, so it was much more of a natural, I mean, in the beginning, you know, you have to convince a few people here and there, but the record was so teed up and so perfect, and I think everyone involved in the project, uh, again, Mike and John, they, they were so smart about not rushing uh, Tear My Heart and what, what everybody wants you to do at a label, you know, let's get it, let's get the mainstream mass audience, let's work it, it's ready. They waited, and by doing so... <laughs> we didn't wait, we didn't cross it. <laughs> right, well, okay, well, all right, but I was trying to keep lighter about it, but yes, they didn't even sign across it. But by doing that, they really kind of saved the magic of the band and the purity of the band, and instead, you have everything in place that you want for a, for a magical band, and right now they are. Well, that's kind of a traditional release plan, too, going back many years. You sort of release that rock single first for the rock barely, home base. It barely works anymore like this. I mean, it, yeah. not this perfectly. Truly, I don't think. Yeah, there was a conscious effort to not cross the first single, and those were not popular conversations with my bosses. Um, but I felt like if if we didn't cross the first song, then we had a very legitimate shot to go back with Stressed Out to Modern Rock and really let Modern Rock take some ownership of this band. And so we, it was scary because we were selling 10,000 singles a week. So there was 
there was enough evidence that if you crossed it, it would do well. And there were certainly people, I know you had Kelly on recently. He was definitely screaming at me, like, how are you not crossing the song? Yeah. And, and um, it was just really, you know, it, it starts four and a half years ago, though. We, we've, we haven't, we haven't forced anything. We've let the things develop the way they're supposed to. It, I, you know, I can take credit or Mitch or anyone. You got to get real credit to the band and to their management who bought into a plan of, of, and I don't think they want the fast win. I think they feel like they have a, a real career if this goes um, step by step and, and we don't, we don't run before we walk. And, and so everything's been about taking one step at a time and, and, um, and now it's, you know, two Madison Square Gardens. They got a Barclays Center up in New York. They got a Prudential. They're playing the Greek in L.A. And then, or no, they're playing the two Greeks in San Francisco, two Red Rocks, and they're playing um, they're playing um, um, the Forum, and then I think they're doing Anaheim. Uh, so it's they've become a legitimate arena band. And I, and I truly because, believe it's because Stressed Out wasn't just a song. This was about, this was about a band that was, had built everything. Um, and didn't rush to it. And listen, the the ultimate credit goes to our bosses at Atlantic, you know, Craig Kalman and Julie Greenwald, who bought into a plan because everything was saying we should go, 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 go. And it was like getting them to buy into the idea of we're not going to rush this. This is going to happen as it happens, and it's right. going to be smart. All my friends are eating, taking slow. Wait for them to ask you who you know. And then a gift fell from the sky this week. You know, we got offered a chance to do this soundtrack, um, Suicide Squad, and we really needed to go back with some, with to modern rock with something a little bit darker and a little bit heavier after Stressed Out and Ride. And the song Heathens um, just fit that. You know, Tyler saw the movie, had an idea, and just delivered on it. And and uh, it just fit everything that we needed for the band at this point, which was to be able to go back to modern rock with a really dark and kind of sinister song. Um, and they're catchy. obviously, it's, they're eating. And yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's very, listen, it's, yeah. he wrote a hit again. As much as he doesn't try to, he did it. And but he wrote the right kind of hit, I he think. Did. It's, it's, it's like what Mike's saying. He was able to go back to that audience. And the audience says, give me. I mean, to be able to kind of keep the purity of, of what this band first started out to be, even after what happened with Stressed Out and right. what's going to happen with Ride in a minute, I just don't think you can plan for that. You know, but for how that happened and now this heathen thing, which I think is going to just take over. Well, the we world. continue to work right at, at Top 40 and Hot AC, yeah, which I mean, is great. So we have, you know, a lot of things just sitting here today. We got two records in the top 10 on iTunes for the band, and, and they deserve it. I mean, they, they work so hard, and Tyler and Josh have come up with such amazing music and such an amazing live show. If, if no one's seen the live show, it's truly something to see that, you know, for only two guys on stage. I fully believe they will be in stadiums. I, I I think that, and they will they will figure out how to do it with just two guys on stage. And and the production on this tour has just been next level. It, it's it's really an event when you go to a show. Kids camp out the night before. They all want to be close. The merch is flying. Um, I watch kids walk around with two or three or four t-shirts. My daughter tells me that at her school. Um, literally, there's 21 pilot shirts, and then every once in a while, she has a spattering of other bands. Yeah. But it, it's just it's just become you know the merch. 
That's another thing. You know, the merch itself is an amazing story because yeah. he came up with the concept of black, red, and white. And so everything on this tour is right. all black, red, and white. When you see the stage, the stage is red. Everything they wear on stage, other than his flowery thing he wears for a few songs, black, white, and red. It's it's he He's created an entire kind of... And then the subject matter of what he's tackling in this on this particular record, it's insecurity. On the last record, it was depression. It was suicide. He's covering some pretty heavy topics that you don't really understand that he's doing because the music is just good and it's up and it's great. To yeah, listen Ride to. is like a happy reggae song. But it's underneath. There's underneath like very goes, heavy yeah. meanings to the songs. And and listen, he's a very they are a very special artists and and we're really lucky to work with them. I've written about this. I think a big part of their appeal is Thank you by the way. You've written quite yeah, well, a few things about them. The, so well, we appreciate it. had we we write about <laughs> it. Um <coughs> these songs have been written by one person, by Tyler, and it's so rare now to have a hit that's written by one person. It used to be decades ago half the chart songs were written by one person. Yeah. Now it's teams. Now it's five, I think yeah. there's something about that genuine genuineness that really comes through, uh, that singular <coughs> vision. I think when you have, when you, when you see a show and how many people attend the show, and like Mike said, the merch story, it's only genuine. I mean, there's no other way. I mean, that says it right there. You don't, there are bands with some big monster hits, and they may for a period of time do fairly well or better than they would have on a touring level. But this is next level in every way. I mean, when a hot AC guy's rapping about the merch story amongst everything else that's going on to get a record on the radio, it's pretty big. You don't yeah. really mention merch. It's right. not something. But it's so significant, you kind of have to. And in an era of continually declining sales, selling well, merch it. is a pretty good thing for you guys to be able to have that. Yeah. Yeah, and the streaming's obviously been huge on this band, and, and we'll cross over the million mark on the album shortly, which is not done very much anymore. And so everything has been really, really phenomenal. The one the one final piece of the puzzle of making the record that's very that would be a very interesting thing to maybe note um, that not a lot of people know, and, and it just shows how much Tyler kind of harnesses it all, is that there were actually three different producers on this record. Um Yet, if you listen to the record, it's all very cohesive, and it all sounds like 21 Pilots, and it's really Tyler's ability to make music and to then work with three really good producers and, and be able to kind of make it all fit together into what is Blurry Face. So it's he, he he's an amazing talent. It's so funny to be around him because he hasn't changed a bit and he yeah are they are they good guys what are they what are they're they like great they're with? tremendous guys and they're they're very family guys most of the crew are all people they grew up with um the crew is obviously a lot bigger now um <laughs> but the core group of the crew are all buddies from high school or kids they grew up with um the production director who didn't know what he was doing when he started as a guy named daniel gibson is like one of the top now um, and he just learned on the fly, and they were loyal to him, and they were with him the whole, the whole, you know, part of the way of kind of growing from venue to venue and learning bigger and bigger production. And the guy's phenomenal now, um, and incredibly hands-on. And I don't know when he sleeps. He's incredible, but but yeah, that's like one of their best friends. The business manager is Daniel's dad. Um, the tour manager is Daniel's brother. You know, it's it's a pretty amazing. Um, Jordan is uh, who does like a lot of the publicity stuff on the tour, and and is really in lockstep with the band. Is Tyler's best friend since he was 
like five years old. That's so going to make it so much fun for them that they can go on this ride. Well, they also yeah. fight like it, um, <laughs> you know, but they can fight. Right. You know, there's not this kind of I'm the boss and, you know, Jordan has no problem telling Tyler, like, you know, go fly, you know, go, <laughs> go fly, fly a kite. kite. Yeah. <laughs> was that a better way of saying what I wanted to say? How dare they say um, something but like they, that. But they, but they have that kind of a relationship. It obviously, quite like that. And obviously things have changed, but, but they have the, it's very special to be backstage at that the, their tour dates because they're all very close in family. So three singles, three hits from the album, and now uh, Heathens, uh, yeah. which which is getting the full-on push and probably crossing to, to pop, or depending on how oh. it's received. Um, it will only cross to pop if pop screams and says they want it to. If they don't, then we will pull the ultimate um, fun move, which is to go back to tearing my heart. Yeah. Yeah. So it's still screaming like a smash when they play it live. It's still streaming. Everything still says it's a hit. Um, I just really wanted to let Modern Rock own it on the first one. But now, but I never thought that if we could do it, it wouldn't be great to go back and give it to pop radio. So. And that would be a rare. I mean, I don't. Yeah. You probably know better than me. You're more of an encyclopedia for that kind of stuff, Gary. Yeah, but I know what happened. What uh, like when does when would that happen? Last Pink went back to a song. Pink after did it didn't that. Work I'm going way, way that way. when it didn't work the first time, and then they went back once they. But you're moved. talking about a modern rock going yeah, back I'm, to I'm, a modern record to another to tough example. I'm going to give you is um, the Cranberries after uh, Linger. Uh, became a hit. They oh, went the back big, to the uh, single before that, and that wound up being a pop hit. So it's oh, it's that's same, awesome. Same cool. type of thing. That's where, yes, good, sometimes that's good company. I take that. Sometimes you have that rock hit, then yeah. you cross over, is, and then you realize you're, you you know, know, you're talking about what, twenty, yeah, fifteen years ago. It's it's, it's it's pretty rare. That's very yeah. rare. Yeah. So that would be it's the, fun. Uh, yeah, that would be very it's cool. fun. And we have a manager who loves the idea, so he's he's like, yeah, let's go do it. So any news about the next Twenty One Pilots album? Where do they go from here? They're going to tour all the way until next summer and then do festivals. But he's got a, he's got a, a full studio on his bus, um, so he's always writing. Uh, he's actually, I shouldn't say he's always writing. He hasn't been right now. He's kind of, he's focusing on the show. He's trying to keep his energy. These are big shows he's doing with big stages. It's a lot different animal now. It's about, it's almost a two-hour show, so it takes a lot out of him. So, Right now, I think he's just trying to get his legs under him every night and make sure. And he's, he, you know, it's that time of year with allergies and stuff, so it's a little bit singing's a little bit trickier right now. And so, he's really taking care of himself, trying to sleep a lot. But he's got it all set up, and when he starts feeling it, he'll start writing again. But he's always got ideas. Um, so, he came off of the Vessel tour, and literally, it took us four months to put the first single out. I'd love for him to do that again. I don't know if he can do that again. That's a lot of wear and tear but um yeah you know i I don't know when it'll be but but he's always he's always thinking so hopefully you know not too long after they're done touring Let me ask you about some other uh, Roadrunner acts, uh, other stuff you guys have coming up. Uh, let me start with Paramore because they – it's been a little while now since they had what was really a pop breakthrough album for yeah, them. What can absolutely. you tell us? What's what's coming up next for them? These are all – got to start to get your questions. Well, it's a, um, it's a, uh, Paramore. It's a so Haley got married um, back in April. And so preparing for that consumed a little bit of time. During that time, she was writing. She just came out with a new hair dye line. So she's been focused on that. But I am happy to say that they're, and they've been actually posting on Instagram and stuff, they're in the studio. 
Um, they started recording this week, actually. So, still in that pop direction, going back to the uh, rock direction it's, more. Uh, I probably shouldn't say, and I probably really don't know that much based on what little I've heard. Um, I think you, there'll be the rockers on there, and I think there'll be the pop songs, and there'll be the amazing ballads that she writes, and um, there'll be a little bit of everything. But they've always been based on melody more than anything, yeah. anyway. So yeah. maybe it's more how the production will be but they've always been really catchy pop songs well they're back with jmj who did the last record so that's a great thing um and we'll just uh we'll just see where it goes but you know i i can safely say 2017 but i can't safely say when okay (laughs) because i don't know yet what else you got uh coming up what's what are some of the bigger projects you think uh down the line next a little Uh, bit oh boy i wish i had my sheet with me um I think, you know, we continue with Panic on the Fuel by Ramen side. Um, we just have this new artist, had this new artist come out, named Against the Current, that's doing a little bit bigger internationally than here, but they're, just, they're starting on Warp Tour tomorrow. Um, and then I have some, some baby acts coming out, um, a pretty big act that hasn't been announced yet uh, that I'm really excited about. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, there'll be a good balance of... of um, you know the Paramours and this other one, and then some some newer things that I'm I'm really excited about. But the Fuel by Ramen roster now is I think twelve, and we'll never be much more than that. So there's there's always something, and then obviously Twenty One Pilots will continue through the rest of the year. And then <clears throat> on the Roadrunner side, um, we recently announced Motionless and White that we signed. Um, we'll we'll have Stone Sour next year. Um, don't know when, but we will. And there's a bunch of smaller things, but those for the two labels side. And then on the promotion side, you should talk about kind of some of the stuff we're working on now. You want to know what we're working now? Is that the next? Yeah. Is that where we're going? What are you What are you doing these um, days, Mitch? What am I doing? Oh God, Gary, where do I start? <laughs> uh, Using Haley's uh, hair hair gel. Uh, yeah, I was thinking about that. The- <coughs> Mitch has great hair for everyone hair. listening. Mitch is very much known for his hair. Oh, and Gary's been business. saying that since 1995. Oh, you still God have, bless you. You still have hair. I still so. have it, so I guess one of the lucky <laughs> one of the lucky ones. Um, well, we never. I never know what I, I'm going to get, which is one of the great things about working here. It's sometimes it seems like it might be getting a little short, and then all of a sudden they come out with some amazing stuff. Uh, this is last year, but you know, similar to 21 Pilots, we were given that you know Wiz Khalifa, Charlie Puth, which you were very involved with and writing some great things about as well. Uh, so it's it's ever changing, but right now, um, some of the Atlantic stuff in the middle of Simple Plan for Bill Top Forty, which is kind of fascinating to work, being that I wasn't involved with them uh, in the United States for a while, and not sure about what the reception would be. Hotties changed so much. Right. Uh, when I did a little history, they were not involved with this act at all, which I find fascinating. The evolution of Hotties. I mean, could you imagine Simple Plan? Having the success they had years ago, now it would be, you know, they because would be, it's such a popular. Yeah, I mean, Hot AC would want format. every piece of, of that band. So, right. um, and I was just out with the guys, and they're getting back out there, which is exciting for me to see because you don't realize, or I didn't realize, uh, you know, the reaction, the fan base, how great they are, uh, how easy they are, how professional they are, how fun they are. Um, so to see their fans young as well, much younger than I thought. This is not a much. This is not a bunch of necessarily grandmas there. This is a yeah, young kind audience. Of a, surprisingly, they're like a heritage band. Very much so, point. and it feels like that. And since you know the demo has increased now to the Hot AC demo, they welcome them, 
and it's been it's been a lot of fun. So there's that project, and uh, it's doing well. I won't bore you with chart numbers, but it's it's doing well. But we it's, like it's, chart numbers. You like chart numbers? All right. Well, it's technically 32 right now, building at 31. For you people, what that means is the chart comes out Sunday. It means it's going in the right direction. It means it's going in the right yeah. direction. It means like I'm doing okay at least this week. Um, so that's a fun project that we're uh, you know that we're working. On. Obviously, Twenty One Pilots is taking a lot of time and very fun to work on a whole different level. Simple Plan is what we call, and Gary knows this: the the grind out record, the week to week record, trying to find the right stations, the right guys that like the record. Twenty One Pilots is uh, totally different and fun in, in its own way uh, and exciting. Um, the Kiara record you mentioned before. Too, yeah, that's right? interesting record. Michael talk about that as well. That was a, a big sign in Atlantic. Someone that kind of uh, put together a song and put it out there in the ether. And again, we looked at the metrics and it, we were huge. Uh, but again, not uh, a round peg to put around hole at all, uh, even for top 40, which is where the song organically should go, at least as a radio format. Um, Hot AC even less. But, uh, you know, I'm much more of the school of thought that we take things at the same time, being that, you know, so many Hot AC stations want to play what Top 40 stations are playing. Uh, but that's a very exciting record, and that's something that's starting to get some traction, almost top 30 to top 40, getting a lot of big markets, and could really end up being one of those stories that we talk about in a year from now with you again, right. and have a similar conversation like you're having with 21 Pilots, just kind of this, you're watching, you know, it's amazing to work a record, and you're watching the metrics early on, and you're seeing it, uh, you know, each week, um, kind of uh, correlate, and you see you know, the work you're putting forth is working. Uh, it's an amazing feeling to get songs on the radio and then see what you're doing work uh, in terms of streaming numbers and sales numbers, um, even smaller markings like Shazam numbers, knowing that people want to hear it and want to know what it is and are seeking it out. That's what it's all about. So Kiara kind of has the makings of being something very special like that as well. Yeah, we should mention Need to Breathe at Hot AC. Yes, um, I And... Um, I left some Roadrunner bands off, and I'm sitting here going, people are going to kill me. But obviously, we're still in the <laughs> middle of Kill Switch Engage and Trivium, and then we have uh, Amity, Affliction, Gojira coming. So um, Gojira album's coming out this, or came out this week. So, um, But, no, I listen. I think I think patience is really, it's always, it's always been difficult to work radio, and it's never been super fast. And I feel like I've been preaching um, back when I was day-to-day doing radio, the idea of patience. Um, you know, the, the the model in which Atlantic is set up, and it was really Julie Greenwald's model, and I have to give her full credit, our chairman, was one of the problems and what a lot of chairmen don't want to acknowledge. And the, the common thing is to just say, well, you got to go faster. It's like, well, I don't control the playlist on a radio station, so I don't know how I'm supposed to do that. Um, and some of the stuff and the stories that you hear from the 70s, I don't think we're legally supposed to do anymore. So... Um, <laughs> So anything you want to admit? No, nothing. I'm not going to mention. But I, the, the stories were great. It sounded like a real party back then. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah. So so there's no way to really speed it up. The the beauty of having two promotion staffs is that when an influx of of new records or if there's new projects that we need to get to, we can literally shift from one staff to the other based on who really has the space for it. Um, there's certain artists that we work specifically with all the time, whether it be a Jason Mraz or a Christina Perry, that we just you know, we've been there for a very long time, and they like working with our staff. There's other artists. Sometimes we have to say, if you want to come right now, we have to shift you over here. But to answer your question, it's just much slower. Um, but it, there's also, and, and I think part of my biggest frustration sometimes when I when I talk to programmers is there's kind of this, like, they're very skeptical of, of the information that's there now. But I know that, I and, and I will always say, you know, we were no genius picking... 
21 pilot singles, the audience told us. Um, and, I, and I think if, if programmers will open their minds a little bit more uh, to the idea, and, and the problem is, is that everybody comes in and spurts, you know, spouts out numbers. Um, and it's hard to decipher what's real, what's not. But but one thing you couldn't know, you couldn't not acknowledge about Kiara and why she got signed to Atlantic, was that you know with no radio airplay, um, with no major label, you know she was doing a couple million streams a week, and that's that caught our attention. And the fact that right now it is it is an incredibly difficult struggle to get radio to understand just how enormous this is. This is a record that, that Spotify found very early on back in September of last year and has and, and still today is in their biggest playlist. Um, they've never pulled it out, and, and it's never shown burn. So when you're talking to radio guys, and you, you, you can quote Shazam numbers, which everyone knows, but then you can quote um, the Spotify streaming numbers and all of this stuff – they're great tools. We've never had better tools, and we've never had better tools to pick singles. Right. But radio's not always accepting of these, like I think that's yeah. what Mike's saying, of these new tools. We use them, and I, there are some radio stations I think are faster now than they ever used to be. I'm hearing like, I, Shazam I, is a lot of programs. Yeah, like they've adopted Shazam. Are, are, there's, definitely, that, yeah. there's definitely meters that, that come, that come <clears throat> about that they've adopted faster, and the ones that, that they're more readily, you know, that they spout back to us. And those are the ones that we go for. Because uh, you know, if radio is looking at it, those are the ones we have to run with. The other ones, the little, the, are the ones that are a little more intangible. The Spotify numbers and, and things like Mike we're talking about, those are a little bit more kind of in the gray area. Some guys, a couple guys, might look into that. It's hard to decipher. It's a lot of information. It's a lot of what does it mean. So if we're trying to decipher it, radio isn't going to sit tight and try and decipher it. So they're going to adopt their methods, and we're going to follow that lead and use those methods i mean that's kind of and shazam you're right that's a great point and that's it's a it's it's kind of like one plus one equals two with shazam for them and for us it's easy for us to see it's easy for them to get it's easy for them to see how it's working in their market um so that's been i think an effective tool hot is always a little bit more even it's a slower slower format than top 40 right so i have to even be a feel like a little bit more archaic in terms of what i use you know the old-fashioned rap hopefully still works but even for Hot AC, Shazam's become a fast tool. <clears throat> well, you guys seem like you still have the fire. You guys still seem like this is really fun. It's a job you've been on for years, but it seems like you're still really having fun with all this. We are. We're pretty lucky. We don't, you know. I mean, there's a lot of stress in the job, and there's a lot of pressure, and you've got these artists that you're responsible for, and you do get personal relationships with, and you want to win for them, and sometimes you don't, and that hurts, but... I mean, I think for me, it, it's it's summed up pretty easily. Like Mike said before, when he saddled back up and got an ad this week, and he comes running or comes running by my office and telling me, you know, I got it and seen the excitement in his face. And of course, I was psyched that he came in and bailed me out. But that excitement I still get, you know, weekly. As difficult as the job is, and yes, as neurotic as I am, and I am, uh, that fire hasn't even remotely died. It is it is as big as it ever was, and it's as enjoyable as it ever was in that sense. Uh, and it's taught me so much about life and myself which I never would have gotten doing anything else. Well, you're music fans, too, so that carries that excitement through. You're still music fans. You still get to work with music. We are. Yeah. Congratulations Absolutely. on all the success you as that well. uh, you guys have been having with uh, 21 Pilots, everything else. And, Thank you. Uh, Thank you, Gary. Sounds like it's going to keep on going with, with all the future stuff. So thanks oh, so much. Fine. It's going to be great. Find wood. 
I need to knock on some wood. It's all linoleum here. Yeah, yeah. Crap. All right, well. They don't make we, good wood furniture anymore. It's like this shit. Well, thank you, and we, and, and we, hope, um, we hope people keep listening. Yeah, so. absolutely. Congratulations on all the success. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Thank You're you. Welcome. Thank you, Gary. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.